Greetings and welcome to True Life Experiences streaming live on Streets 989 Atlanta TV, a platinum media network sharing the lives of extraordinary leaders. I'm your host, the First Lady Evangelist Jazzy. Today I am breaking it down with community leader, homeless advocate, and founder at You First Inc. Deacon Erica Wright. She joins us with the love bags. Deacon Wright currently serves on the advisory board, the LGBTV, LGBTQ advisory board for the mayor of Atlanta. She is a community leader, always going above to serve our homeless community. Let's welcome her to the show tonight. Welcome, Deacon Wright. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. What a lovely honor it is to have you in the studio. Thank you, I as well. <laughs> yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's get started. Okay. Deacon Wright, share with us a little bit about what happened in your life that motivated and inspired you to be the person that you are today. Uh, I have to give all credit to my parents for introducing me to God. I always say that yeah. um, at a young age, my parents introduced us to giving, to serving, giving back to the community. So mm -hmm. I firsthand witnessed them doing it. And um, about maybe 20 something years ago, I remember seeing the lady under the bridge washing her hair. And I thought as a woman, how do those experiencing homelessness stay clean? Uh, especially a person who has OCD, right? And I just couldn't imagine a woman going through that experience. And so that's where it actually really began. Well, Deacon Wright, you know, I met you in 2015. Yes. And um, we've done a couple of community events together. We've yes. fellowshiped together with others. This was the beginning of your mission. Yes. Share with us a little bit about some of the challenges and some of the rewards since then. Awesome. And yes, we have shared some moments and they were all great. We'll do it again. Um, so again, we started in 20, uh, 2014. That's when God gave me the vision. 2015, we were definitely diving in. We were recognized as a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Even though you first started as a ministry that God had given me this vision, it right. just has to blossom and bloom. So over the last, we're going into our seventh year. Um, and so we have distributed over about 500,000 of what I call the love bags. Wow. A cloth, toothbrush, toothpaste, and a bar of soap. Um, these bags can range from a smaller bag to a larger bag, depending on our resources. Um, mm -hmm. We've traveled to about 24 different states. We've even had opportunity to do some corporate um, work with um, Delta Airlines to do some global projects. So, you know, it's just been an amazing journey. And I know that it's only God who has just planted my feet and ordained me to do this, do this work. Well, you've also had an opportunity to go abroad as well. And at one time prior to the epidemic, you were sharing love the love bags across the country. You were traveling, you were interacting. Share with us a little bit about that journey. So when the pandemic hit, Jess, I, I promise you, I really didn't know where we were going to be. I mean, I didn't know what, what was going to happen to you first. And so what I started to do was just 
give everything that we had in storage away. We donated them uh, items such as the soap, toothbrush, toothpaste to the city of Atlanta for the children mm-hmm. at the recreation center, the homeless shelters, um, because we were just going to close it down like everybody else. But lo and behold, the more we gave away, the more products came in. And so I said, okay, God, I guess you want us to keep going. And we prayed about it and kept, you know, going out to the community serving. And so uh, we were recognized a couple of times on WSTV um, right here in the city of Atlanta. And um, on one of those episodes, the question was, well, Erica, what do you really need? Well, one, we need a facility to be more operational out of. But the immediate need at that time was a van. And so I put it out there in the atmosphere and, you know, and I've been praying about it anyway. And so we got a phone call in July of 2020 from uh, Tyler Perry. And um, it was just amazing, you know, (laughs) you know, to hear this voice on the other end and you recognize it, you know, it was just amazing. So we were gifted a 2020 brand new Ford Transit Connect van. Um, And we had an opportunity to take that van not just here in the city of Atlanta and Georgia. We drove to California last year, 16 days. We did. We dispersed over 13,000 of our love bags along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just an amazing journey. We want to talk about what it really looks like to be homeless in America. Well, I know this has been some challenging times during this epidemic. Um, let's reflect a little bit on the rocks that were recently installed along the interstate ramps in downtown Atlanta. I know um, many of us was quite disturbed um, when we witnessed that. And, you know, especially at such a trying time um, that we are all going through, you know, for them to do that, it was just like an insult. So share with us a little bit about how it's been during the pandemic uh, for you and your, your outreach program. Well, I can say I was just, just as disturbed as you you were and a lot of other people as well. And uh, of course, the community that we serve was definitely outraged. And uh, one of the things I learned uh, a few years ago, I when I recognized that I was more than doing ministry, I was an advocate, right, for the voiceless. And so one of the things that I would often do was to speak out against something that I learned later on that I didn't really know about what was going on, who the directors were coming from. And Mm -hmm. so even as I navigate now, um, being a part of of, of a larger scale of different communities, I am learning how to channel that voice to ask the questions first before we, you know, just go off script to say, hey, we got to do something about it. Even though, yes, we do need to do something about it, but I think our voices can be heard collectively if we take that outrage and we put it into a perspective so that we can actually be a part of the solution and not just what the problem is. And so what I've recognized is that, of course, we all know that we have a crisis, you know, not just here in, in Georgia, city of Atlanta. Right. Because of the pandemic, we have not even seen the real um, look of what this will look like economically for a lot of people who mm-hmm. are And so what we are seeing and witnessing as we do outreach is that the stories are not changing. The volume is just going up. You know, we can't say that it's, you know, uh, black, white, you know, homelessness doesn't have effects. I've often said that. And so what we need to do is start recognizing 
and meeting people where they are before these situations arrive. And so I think the biggest thing that we have noticed since doing this work is not just us giving a love bag or a sack lunch or a bottle of water. We want to have that conversation. Each individual is a person is different. Their story is different. Their need right. is different. And so I think as we continue to hit the pavement, how do we connect the bridge, the gap between the people who are making the decisions at the table and those who are actually in need of our services? Well, one of the challenges that, you know, I recently saw is that the city of Atlanta is imposing certain criterias um, for even giving food to the homeless at this time during the pandemic. How are you guys, um, you know, how are you adjusting to that? What's going on? What are you doing to um, make sure that the homeless continue to get the support that's needed? Well, well, a few years ago, you know, there was an ordinance that we couldn't feed. And so you right. we, did it. we stopped feeding altogether um, because we just didn't have that capacity to do it. Uh, when the pandemic hit, you first, it was more of a, we got to do something because it wasn't, we were going out giving back saying, hey, wash your hands, stay clean. The, the, the things that was coming back to us, hey, Erica, hey, you first, we're hungry. No one is coming out. And so again, I'm thinking when you say no one, what does that look like, right? But there are uh, partnerships with the city of Atlanta, like in-town um, in uh, ministries, um, Georgia Works. There are other organizations that do go out and make sure that people have sandwiches mm. and, um, you know, sack lunches or food. And I think what happens is because we don't see it, we think it's, we're thinking that it, it is not happening. I think the problem is that there are more people who are in need of our services. And even as we started to do the work last year, we were talking about how it was more um, prevalent that we had places where people, senior citizens and people who could come and get a food box, those places were just, hey, come, you know, Sunday, Wednesday, you can come and get a food box. But people who are in transition don't have that luxury. They don't have a car. They don't have anywhere to warm up foods. So we need the grassroots organizations to go out and yeah. be able to do the work. And so for you first, at that point, it was just like, uh, I'm just going to take a chance and do what we, I know what's in my heart to do. And so we pivot a little bit from that. Um, sometimes we do snack bags. Sometimes we do sandwiches. Um, at the end of the day, um, we'll we'll get to that point. <laughs> you know, if, if we're pulled over, like, you know, we get a citation, we have to work it from there. But I think right now it's an all about um, humanity and we have to just do something at this point. You know, well, you know, I can, I can reflect on your development and on your accomplishments over the years. You know, um, you've gone from a grassroots to someone that is recognized as a community leader and a homeless advocate and as a, you know, a significant person um, in the LGBT community to be on the mayor's advisory board. Right. So when you think about a community leader, share with me a little bit about what you think a community leader should bring to the community. Well, first, let me just say I'm newly appointed. And so I'm grateful to be a part of something that I think is um, it's really um, maybe, maybe not being, uh, I'll say, witnessed a lot or um, maybe not even taking it serious. Um, but I have had opportunity to sit and listen 
And I think that's important before I, you know, start having these broader conversations. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the end of the day, as a leader, I recognize the impact of what comes out through the flow of the conversation, right? And so I always want to be politically correct. And I also want to be correct as an uh, individual who has ethics to make sure that we're navigating so that the information doesn't get lost in, in the conversation, you know? Um, and so um, it's, it's some big shoes to fill. I'm grateful that God has uh, allowed me the opportunity because, you know, before I've been saying, you know, I want to be at the table so we can have the conversation. So right now I have just been invited to the table. Just awesome. to sit down. <laughs> and so once I dive in a little bit more, I would definitely be back to share, um, you know, on a broader scale to what, what I can say. But I do think this will allow me an opportunity to share from the community um, standpoint, the community's voice and back to the table in which I think and I really believe that decisions will impact a, a greater um, community. And um, just I was just looking at some news coverage today about the bill that was passed. And, you know, as a black gay woman who's doing this kind of work, a lot of leaderships that usually uh, um, do this type of ministry are in, in my area are black males. And yeah. so there has been a lot of discord in the beginning of just trying to, to say, hey, I'm very serious about my passion and compassion to do the work. And it has nothing to do with, you know, being a woman, being black and being gay. And Amen. So, but, but I also realized that that has allowed me to have various conversations because the people, again, on the street, homelessness doesn't have all of those things attached to it. So mm -hmm. um, hopefully as I begin to do this work, we'll be able to have a, a broader conversation later about it. And uh, so, uh, so actually that was gonna be in the next question is, you know, where do you um, see you for you first in the next five years? Um, not considering what we are going through now, uh, but I'm sure that you were working on some things before everything developed. Uh, with the pandemic. So any insights that you can share with the audience on um, where you guys are headed in the next five years? Yes, I um, I have a little project that I'm, I'm sitting on right now that I'm working on, but I think what it will allow you first an opportunity to do is more uh, global impact uh, mm -hmm. work. Um, I have been talking about keeping people clean, not just, you know, our community, but the community that we serve, because now here we are in the middle of a pandemic. And this is what the soap is all about. It truly saved lives, right? This is all we're talking about, wash your hands um, and how to properly wash your hands. So now you have a community that doesn't have the um, capacity to do it in the way that we do. So what mm -hmm. does that look like? You know, and so I'm, um, you know, coming up with some things that could possibly help but I think, you know, of course, it's, it's going to take resources and a little bit, a uh, little bit uh, deeper pockets than what we have right now. But I, I truly believe that um, because of the pandemic, it has allowed what we've been saying for six and seven years, almost seven years now, that this is important. You know, um, you know, these are things that people take for granted. But mm -hmm. also, this is a community that people don't want to see. It's almost like you want to drive down the street and post the curtain, right? You don't want to see it. 
but it exists. And so as it exists, these are human beings. These are people. Right. So why do they not have the fortitude to be able to wash their hands and have a proper balanced meal or drink water? And so uh, we are just working, hopefully, uh, within the next, maybe possibly, hopefully this year, next year, that we can come up with a, a component that can help not just people in the United States, but do a global project. Awesome. Well, you know, Deacon Wright, you were recently nominated for the Rice Award. Share with us a little bit about that experience. I know it wasn't, you know, live this year or last year. So share with us a little bit about the virtual award show and congratulations. Well, thank you. So I think right now we've been nominated about three years in the running. Um, we haven't won, but let me let me just say this. What I what I recognize about awards, they are all great. We just lost a gentle giant um in the community. Yes. Um, yesterday, last May night. May he rest in peace. Yes. yes. Yeah, and I had an opportunity. We at this goes back to, you know, let's stay in connection with people, right? We were supposed to do some work together. Met him a couple of times. Um, and I know he was that voice that a lot of people again, they want to pull the curve back, they didn't want to see him, but he was that gentle giant. And I think um, we have to do a better job at giving people their flowers while they're here. And there yeah. are a lot of great grassroots organizations that are out there hitting the pavement, putting themselves in harm's way, sacrificing their time and talent. And so I would love to see, you know, just in the city of Atlanta, that maybe the city council can have a, a service day or a month where they just call people's names. You know, I, I, don't, I, I don't understand why we have to do this once people have gone, you know, to right. and all of these things. And so um, it was just a blessing to be our name to be called. I'm grateful every time that happens. We've been awesome. I, I, I salute you because I was like, oh, wow, when I saw it on your page. <laughs> Yeah, so that was just great. And like I said, we're just humble servants, you know, just okay. humble servants. Well, you you guys are doing an amazing job. I love uh, the love bags. And, you know, while we're talking about that, you know, I know you're a licensed cosmetologist, master cosmetologist and master barber. So you've been taking care of people a long time. So I guess that was all a passion of yours that was included into making sure that people maintain personal hygiene. Share with us a little bit about, like you were talking about the lady that was under the bridge, but I know there have been many, many instances where other people have touched you in this journey. Share with us a little bit about someone that kind of like made you share a tear. You know, uh, well, I'll you... tell you one that made me cry. So there was a time in, <laughs> in you first where I didn't see the progress. And sometimes when you can't see it, you like, okay. And I was going to quit. I, mm -hmm. I, I was done. I had some luggage in my car. And I saw this lady with her bags. And I said, when I come back around, I'm just going to give it to her. I can't do this anymore. I was out of money. Things were just going the worst case possible, right? So when I stopped, I got out. And she was kind of talking to herself. And so I went to the trunk of my car and um, I didn't even open the trunk yet. And she said, you knew, I knew you were coming. You know, someone stole my luggage and I had opened the trunk. So I'm thinking, how did you know I had luggage in my trunk? Right. So I opened the trunk and I'm tears are just falling down my face. And so I got in the car and the spirit said, plant her the seed, the only $20 seed I had in my pocket. Right. And I'm like, okay, 
spirit really and so i gave it to her and when i gave it to her she turned around and she was talking out of her head and she looked me dead in my eye and she said thank you she said when you get your 501c3 god is going to open up doors and windows you've never seen before and she went back to talking out of her head and i knew then that spirit was telling me i got you god was just saying do not quit on me and uh, from that day forth i was walking down p street just praising god and i said i'll never forget i'll, I'll never quit again i never even talk about it <laughs> so um, yeah more than tears <laughs> well you know throughout the years you like you mentioned earlier you've made some amazing connections throughout the community you've linked up with delta you've done some other things um, anyone that you would like to give a shout out or even just some of the people that you appreciate that's a part of Project You First that you would like to give a shout out tonight. Well, thank you. Let me just say I have the most incredible team on this side of heaven and I'm going to give a big shout out to the You First team. I don't even want to start calling names, but you know who you are. I call them. It's, it's about a good 10 to 12 of us and they some have been there for seven years. Some have been there for two um, but it doesn't matter because when we when people come, I don't even like to say volunteers. We are family, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, we we we've gone through the fire together, and we've come out on top together. And so I'm really looking forward to that day that we can walk into our own you first space, and that the the people who have planted the bricks or made you know made things happen when it didn't happen, that they will feel just as excited and overwhelmed with joy as I do when we walk through it. Look, it cut that ribbon, right, Jazz? But, you know I'm going to be there. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know so I'm definitely going to be there. When you, <laughs> when you open that door, yes. I will definitely Thank be, you. I will be taking pictures galore and super <laughs> excited um, that you have, have finally you. gotten um, to the, 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 you know, the goal and the mission yes, uh, where yes. you, where you first saw that vision back in 2015, because I saw that vision as well. And I knew you were going to do well. And I salute you, Aaron Deacon Wright. Um, you have done some amazing things over the last five to six years. So keep doing it, you know, and we couldn't, and we couldn't do it without the donors, you know, I, right. I, well, we're not well, without a support system. A support system, yeah. People yeah. come, but you don't even know, you know. That's but now you're in City Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get in, Jazz. <laughs> you there, girl. You are there, baby. You are there. You just got to go ahead and make it happen. Yeah. You know, you just got to, you know, like you say, sit around the table and observe some things and then make your presentations yes. and, you know, hopefully get the support that you need. Cause I'm sure you got some great ideas yes. uh, for, you know, the future of project you first yes. and for that building. I'm, I'm definitely going to be praying uh, that that happened very, very soon because even during the pandemic, you were awarded a van. So oh, God has definitely been blessing you first and i think that's been ever since i've met you because it's like you got you was getting tons of products then you were getting donations um you guys were you guys were traveling the country then you were abroad i mean you guys have done some amazing things and i salute you my my family you you family remember you told me that 
You told me that when we were at the party at uh, on P Street and Tim Street. You told me yeah. that. Yeah. So, you know, we, we're going to continue to, you know, stay connected and, right. you know, make sure that you let me know when those things happen so that I can be there um, to document those because it's definitely history. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. we definitely awesome. want to leave our mark right here in the city of Atlanta. Um, awesome. just not, not even just for, for the work. I think, if anything, it's the compassion and passion that I want people to feel from our love, not just from the bag, but the love that we put into it. And I'm all about, you know, not just giving a presentation, but actually serving people because right. I develop people all the time. People who are experiencing homelessness or people who are in need they're already having a struggle. They're already, you know, going through, I haven't had a shower and had these pants on, we, you know, and, and, and for a whole week. But the blessing, what I will say, since we started going out during the pandemic and we see some of the same faces for over a year now, people who haven't been washing their hands, people who haven't showered, who are not wearing a mask and who are not socially distanced, that's God. That's God. Just come back through that same section whether it's week after week after week, and I see that same person, God kept them from any harm and danger. And for me, that is that is everything, the reward I have when I come home. And even as I think about, you know, not the fear of the, the um, pandemic, but, you know, how God is keeping people through, you know, in these situations alive. And it's a blessing. Well, Deacon, right. Please continue to be a blessing to others and continue to serve the community because you know i know before you really started giving out those hygiene bags many people didn't think about the importance of even washing your hands right. That's right. or even brushing your teeth That's right. and those things are very very important um just in everyday life so thank you for that Deacon Wright, any final words of wisdom for our audience before we let you go tonight? Um, I always like to encourage people, never give up on your dreams. Always listen to your inner gut. And always believe in tomorrow. If you have an opportunity, I always tell people, when you get up in the morning, you have an opportunity to breathe. Thank your source. Thank whoever it is, your creator. Um, but my biggest thing is just... Um, serve serve with dignity and compassion and love and we have to get back to that we've lost humanity we've gone through a lot in the last four to six years and um i think we can do this together but it's going to take individuals to just start within and then love from from outward and work out amen any thoughts on our recent election here in america I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I know that's right. Deacon Wright, we wish you continued success. You and the family at Project You First, please continue to walk by faith as I know you will, and I will definitely be in touch. I'm going to say good night for tonight. Thank you very much for sharing your true life experiences with the audience this evening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Stay safe, Jazzy. Many, many blessings. Bye-bye. 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 All right, guys. That was Deacon Wright. Stop by to share about Project You First and what they're doing in the community here for the homeless people here and as well as across the United States. 
Guys, thank you for joining me this evening for True Life Experiences here on Streets 989 Atlanta TV. Make sure that you stream with me next month. It's going to be a full house. I think all my guests that are confirmed for March and April, I am booked through March. We look forward to sharing their True Life Experiences with our audience, please continue to stream with us on Streets 989 Atlanta on all social media platforms. I'm your host, the First Lady, MC Jazzy. I'm going to say good night for tonight, but I'm going to exit with a video from my man, Omar Cunningham. He said he's headed to Memphis. Until then, keep God first in your life. We are out.